Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam, broadcasting at WCEV 1450 AM. And we reach the world live by streaming at www.wcev1450.com. It's good to be back with you, Radio Islam family. I was out all last week with the flu's cousin. This was not uh, the regular flu. It was, uh, it was something more. So uh, if you are going through what I was going through, my prayers are with you. Uh, get that vitamin C up, the ginseng, all those remedies that folks tell you about when you're sick. So it's really good to be back. Uh, for those of you who are new to the program, we are a daily live call-in talk radio program. And we air at this time, 6 to 7 p.m. Central. If you haven't done so already, take a moment to follow, like us, all the good stuff on uh, whatever social media platform. Actually, there are only three. That is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us at Radio Islam USA on each of those platforms. That is at Radio Islam USA. If you'd like to give us a call throughout the course of tonight's discussion, feel free to do so at 312-750-1178. That is 312-750-1178. And, of course, our Facebook page is open. That is our preferred um, method of communication during our our, discussion. our broadcast. So if you have a question or comment, you can feel free to post it there. If you're shy, you can inbox us um, and we will get to it and make sure that it is interjected in our conversation tonight. So that being said, good evening, good evening, good evening. Uh, we have got a, a great conversation. This is the most, this is the, the, the biggest crowd I've seen at this table uh, at, any, at any one time. <laughs> But um, I'm going to make you wait for it. No, I'm not going to make you wait. Now, we've got, a, we've got with us tonight, we're going to be talking about something that is, let, let me set this up for you real quick. Okay, so uh, Radio South Family, this is what happened. So as you know, I wear a few different hats. So in, in one of those hats, you know, I get around sometimes and I'm in these panel discussions or I'm speaking somewhere or whatever. And I happen to be at a space where, um, I can't remember, where was I? I think I was at a Catholic Theological Union. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, actually, this goes back even further than that. Yeah, I was at an Iman event. Mm-hmm. I was at an Iman event, mm-hmm. and I was speaking there, and I met uh, Maureen Gaynor Riley. And she invited me to uh, an event that her church, at her church, uh, St. Barnabas Church, uh, the parish in uh, Beverly, mm-hmm. and uh, couldn't make it, but as things have a way of, of, of happening, you run back into folks. And I ran into her again, and, uh, and we we're, were talking, and I was like, and I found out about this work that connected two other folks who are near and dear to my heart, um, Itadol Shalabi and Naraman Taha from Arab, Arab American Family Services. And I said, what, you guys are working together? So they're doing, they, they have a, a project uh, effort called You Are My Neighbor. Uh, and it came out of St. Barnabas Par- Parish, their Peace and Justice Committee. Now, the founder of this partic- of this effort is also with us. This is uh, Mary Harkenrider. And so you're the, you're the, you're where it all started at, that particular effort. <laughs> Maureen and I put together the event. Okay. Um, and um, they had been active in the Peace and Justice Committee at St. Barnabas for quite some time. So the um, event came to the fore after the travel ban. We decided we absolutely need to have an interfaith event showing people that everyone is a neighbor to each other and that we all belong to one another and need to support one another. So that was the genesis of the event. And then at the event, um, we decided we really needed to have connections that were much stronger than a one-time event, and that's how our our building relationships with one another began. And I want Mary to take a little credit. Mary, with with her husband and another group, started Peace and Justice. How many years ago, Mary? Uh, 11 years ago. Yeah, so she needs to take credit for that. They're an amazing group that I was able to jump on with and, mm-hmm. you know, do events such as You're My Neighbor. Okay. All right, and we also have another... I just want to see if that's situated right between you. Uh, we also have another surprise for you. Uh, we have... Uh, we're going to be bringing them on the line in a moment, um, and that is Rafath Wahid and Kathy McBain, 
who are doing some similar work. Uh, I, I attended there, uh, it's in Naperville. Mm -hmm. They have the Community Unity uh, Day. They have a, a, a march, and afterwards they have uh, speakers and uh, food, and uh, you know, it's a really, really nice. So this was their second, their second one. And after I, I went and I, I spoke and I talked with some folks, I said, wow, it just, it, it, it seemed really interesting. Not just interesting, it seemed that this was something that I was supposed to take notice of. Number one, uh, their, their group is called Moms Building Bridges. And they're doing, uh, you guys are doing the, the, the same type of, of work. Uh, and I, I found it really um, just important that, that women are taking this uh, responsibility that, uh, that are the thrust behind uniting communities. So I don't think, do we have them on right now? We're not on. Okay, so uh, Radio Islam family, just, just hold your horses. We'll, we'll have them on in a minute. Uh, but we got four folks, four, four folks in here right now. So I know I said everybody's name, but why don't everybody just kind of go around, introduce yourselves really, really quickly so, uh, so the, 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 the Radio Islam family knows who's here. Um, Aitadal Shalabi, co-founder and executive director of Arab American Family Services. Mary Harkenreiter, and I belong to St. Barnabas Parish on the southwest side of Chicago. And actually, as part of the other thing that came out of this event was that our peace and justice group um, has become now a multi-parish peace and justice yeah. group. And we've changed our name to the Southside Catholic Peace and Justice. Um, wow. And we have currently three to four parishes involved now in this work. That's awesome. Uh, good evening, and my name is Nerman Taha uh, from Arab American Family Services. And I am Maureen Gaynor-Riley, also from St. Barnabas Catholic Parish in Beverly, and um, thrilled to be here and excited and um, <coughs> yeah, leave it to the women, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think I want to do comment on that. Please, I mean, when we met uh, Maureen at the, at the dinner, Mayor, Mayor Emanuel's yeah. dinner, and you had spoken about it, we, I had just come in from Springfield, Nerman was there, and we were just talking, and she said, there's this event, and I want you guys to come, and, and you know, all of this anger and all of this hate, and I think for us a lot of times as women, I think we said we need to get to know each other, we need to meet, and we need to connect. And we went to the event. It was a phenomenal event, by the way. We had a multitude of diverse people, diverse religions that represented the, the unity of what it means. But for me, it connected on a deeper level that from our Islamic faith. You need to take care of your seven neighbors on your right and seven neighbors on your left, regardless of what religion, what ethnicity, what color. You are responsible, and Islam teaches us that you can't be a community if you don't know who your neighbors are. And, you know, when Maureen had come out that um, after the incident with a lot of the hate rhetoric, mm -hmm. your group had come out and surrounded, again, the mosque and had, had given the ability for the mosque parishioners to be able to pray and pray without fear. And I think, you know, they didn't have to come. But, again, that, that real deep-down understanding of what it means to be a neighbor, what it means to be, you know, as women, that we want the other to be feel safe and to feel comforted. I think that's what resonated and what continued. And as Mary talked about, that night when we first met at Maureen's house, mm -hmm. we had an iftar dinner because we said, this is great, mm -hmm. but we don't want it to end. You know, what's next? Usually you meet, you talk at the 60,000-foot level, right. but we know real work is grassroots. Right. We know real connection doesn't come from coming to a meeting one day and then never coming back and connecting here and there. And then what happened? And one of the things that's, oh, yeah, the dinner, we tried to have an agenda, but with 20 women, I think we got through names. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> if someone took a breath, someone else started talking. But one of the things that our religions are similar on with Catholicism and Islam, these really global religions that have this hierarchical structure and this leadership structure that doesn't always jive with what's real on the local mm -hmm. level. And for so many of us, those those bishops and Catholics and imams, so much of that high level, that's not our day-to-day -day experience. Yeah. We live on the parish level. You're on the mosque level. We're we're all in this, you know, it's hyper-local, as with everything. And like you said, it's the ground up. And I don't want to oversimplify things, but what it is is relationship yeah. and knowing your neighbor yeah. and getting 20 women. So after the event, um, Aitadel came up to me and said, 
this can't end. We This can't be it. Because the event, to give everyone a little bit what happened at the event, it was we really, after the, the first Muslim ban, we, we were so outraged as Catholics saying, this is not America. It's inhumane. Yeah. It's not America. And, yeah. and even our pastor said beautifully, because um, we're a very large parish. It's diverse in different ways. We're not, um, everyone doesn't share the same political views. But he said, this isn't, a, this isn't a Republican issue or a Democratic issue. This is a Catholic issue. And mm-hmm. how do we as Catholics respond? So what the night became was putting together what does what do the three major faiths, you know, three of the main faiths of the world say to these injustices. And we had Rami Nashashibi from mm-hmm. Iman speaking. Mm-hmm. We had um, Rabbi Amanda Green mm-hmm. from Temple Shalom. And we had uh, Father Larry Dowling, who's a Catholic priest. And we had also some other wonderful speakers. Um, Aya Chahade did some of her poetry. Yeah. Um, Ayesh Hada. Ayesh Hada. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Correct me on all my mispronunciations. Oh, no, no. We just have to no, give, give a shout-out to the young lady yes, that is. really stood out that right. night. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And and um, the night was beautiful, but it was really a jumping-off yeah. point. And then so maybe a, a couple weeks later, we had um, 10 women from St. Barnabas and 10 women um, mm-hmm. from the southwest side that uh, these ladies brought together. And we it was just being together, talking about mm-hmm. kids, kids and husbands and yeah. school and work and and that's what it's about it is knowing each other and you know father david kelly one of our um wonderful catholic priests at precious blood said when you know someone you have the ability to love them and when you love someone you will fight for them and when you are living in this silo of catholicism and you hear things on the news like we are hearing so much lately it's abstract it means nothing but when i have friends that i love and that i have relationships with it's so much more meaningful so like I said, not to oversimplify, but mm. we have to know each other. You know, I'm going to take a moment to introduce our folks on the on the phone. Uh, Rafath Wahid and Kathy McBain, uh, both of uh, Moms Building Bridges. Uh, are you guys with us? Yes, we are. Okay, great, yes, great, great. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So um, I don't I don't know if you if you just picked up everything that was just said in terms of. Uh, how, how, uh, how this work began as far as uh, you are my, my neighbor's concerned, how these four women uh, have come together and have, have begun forming uh, relationships uh, that they realized that they did not want to see, you know, just as a, as a one and done or, you know, a flash mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in a pan. Um, and it's very similar, as I was mentioning earlier, I don't know if you guys were on at that point, to the mm-hmm. work that you all are doing with Moms Building Bridges. Could you tell the Radio Islam family a little bit about how, how, how this work uh, of Moms Building Bridges, how that began? Oh, absolutely. Um, we, we, we heard a little bit of what you were saying, and um, as we, we uh, got in to listen, uh, we're just, like, giddy with, like, hearing what you've done there. And... Um, Unfortunately, we weren't able to be present in the same space with you tonight, but um, I do hope that we're able to do that uh, on another occasion. Um, yes, yes. I, I, I definitely think that we're going to have an occasion to uh, to definitely have this conversation again. Uh, cause okay, so that that's excellent. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the way that Mom's Building Bridges out in Naperville began uh, essentially was in... September of 2015, there was a group of, of seven Christian ladies uh, from the Naperville area that went on a mission trip to El Salvador, the country of El Salvador. And um, individually, we had done some mission work, uh, different types of mission work before, but we, we went on that mission trip and came back to um, to our country and back to Naperville. Um, and the, the negative political rhetoric was just really getting going at that point. And, um, and I was challenged by my pastor uh, to figure out what could we, you know, why did I have to go so far all the way down to El Salvador you know, when there's work to be done in our own backyard. And when I heard the, particularly the Islamophobic and the anti-refugee rhetoric, it just, it just got under my skin. 
and and I started to feel the call that that was, you know, what the mission was going to be for me in Naperville, and and I felt it very personally because um, as the Islamophobic rhetoric came up, I realized that I was living in a silo mm -hmm. in Naperville, and I didn't have any Muslim friends. How interesting that we're hearing some of the same uh, sentiments, mm -hmm. uh, because even whether you're in Chicago uh, proper or one of the you know surrounding uh, cities, suburbs, whatever you want to call it, uh, the idea of us being this community of, of comfortable with, with being a community of neighborhoods, uh, segregating ourselves, uh, mm -hmm. that seems to be at the, at the, you know, fighting, you know, kind of pushing back against that. Uh, what, let me ask all of you, what has been the impact or have you seen an impact for not just yourselves, but has, it, has that trickled down to your families as well? I think definitely because one of the things we talked about is, as um, mothers at the event was there's no, often you connect with other moms and families via sports and school and neighborhood activities. And what we said was there's no organic connection and crossover between our communities. And one thing is that, a great thing is that we have, St. Barnabas is a vibrant Catholic parish. Um, the mosque is obviously a vibrant community. And that's wonderful, but the downside is you can kind of live in there. And as active parishioners, you can kind of spend your time there um, doing a lot of things, being involved. And But the double-edged sword of that is that you're siloed into this. So one of the things that came out of it was because of our relationship, um, we had a service, we had a day of um, service at St. Barnabas. We had nowhere for the third graders to go. I called up my new friends and our <laughs> third graders ended up going and doing a joint art project at the Universal School right. in Bridgeview and um, we wanted to make it for again how do our faiths make us stronger together we talked about what Islam speaks to service and what Catholicism speaks to service and the kids painted together our projects that then they delivered to a nursing home in the community mm -hmm. and oh my gosh they had so much fun I mean leave it to kids to get together to mm -hmm. show you how ridiculous any divisions are I mean their main thing someone said what time do you start school and they said 755 and then I heard oh my god you're so lucky we started 805 <laughs> I mean that was leave it to kids it was they had snacks we get on the bus their school is better they have a better gym. I mean, hilarious things. And now we're already talking about another project right. via the schools. We um, we had an event in Beverly that is amazing called The French Room. I want to give a shout-out to um, Scott, Scott Smith, who started that. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome reading series on mm -hmm. racism and Southside mm -hmm. and stories. And because we had just had our event, we invited some friends to The French Room. They ended up coming. And everyone is now branched off into their sh smaller relationships, right. having coffee one-on-one. -on -one. Um, one other thing, and then I'll pass it along, is, Mary, do you want to speak to Payless really quickly? Yes. Well, we, um, <laughs> because of our relationships, basically, we learned of um, some political issues going on in Payless and some hateful rhetoric mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. against the Muslim community. And when the, there had been, um, when the group had basically said, uh, we, you know, we're not going to stand for this. All of a sudden, you have all of these white faces um, there in yeah. in solidarity, yeah. and so um, we have a number of people from St. Barnabas and from the Beverly community going over and supporting our new friends um, who happen to live in Payless Township. Um, and it's, I think, it's been wonderful uh, both ways. I know Idadel and Narman can yeah. speak to that as well. So for us, I don't know if everybody realizes what the Palos Township is. We have a Palos trustee. Um, we have a Palos trustee that talked about how Muslim women are undignified and what are the, all the Muslim Arab children running around in uh, the third uh, congressional district doing, uh, running around rampant without, you know, proper documentation and I put you know I'm nobody can see me putting in quotation documentation but no proper documentation and that as Arabs and Muslims we don't integrate we keep isolated to ourselves and what are we doing in our neighborhoods right. so those were very hateful and she I think the biggest aspect of it is that she felt comfortable nobody was going to challenge her and and she got away with it for two years but when the community said no this is not allowed our women are dignified regardless of what they're wearing or not wearing we are integrated. We are part of the community. 
and we stood to line up against the hate rhetoric that has been infused in our society and no one standing up against it. What was wonderful about the relationship, as Maureen said, when you know someone, you love someone, and when you love someone, you want to protect them. And I think from if we haven't met and we mm-hmm. didn't build that relationship Definitely. and we weren't, you know, at Maureen's house that one time and then we were at Nerman's house the next time and we started talking about our kids and we started talking about our jobs and we started talking about what's important to us as moms and as women. We, and it was about we want safety. We want comfort. We want acceptance. We want love. And it happens in our homes. It happens in our neighborhoods. It happens in our streets. And when you allow someone to continue that rhetoric, then shame on all of us. And so for all of us, we stood up and we turned around and it wasn't just our community members coming to say no to Sharon Brannigan and her hateful rhetoric. It was these wonderful people that we just met but fell in love with and felt like we've known each other because we are neighbors. And they came and supported and have been supporting every meeting for the past six months. Uh, Rafat and um, Kathy, Rafat, did you want to, uh, we we didn't hear from you yet. Uh, thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum, sisters. Uh, uh, my name is Rafat Wahid, and uh, I live in Lyle, and I'm I'm a mother of three uh, adult daughters. Alhamdulillah, they're visiting me, actually, all my three daughters and their husbands and my grandson. So, alhamdulillah, my house is so blessed today, and I'm sitting with Kathy here in my home basement, so, <laughs> so we can have peace and quiet. One of the thing is um, uh, some for someone who has uh, lived in several countries in the world and I've traveled and uh, I have lived in Saudi Arabia for many, many years, 23 years. I lived in Canada and America, but uh, I was also in Girl Scouts, but I was so, so happy when I came across this wonderful woman, Kathy McBain, who founded Moms Building Bridges. Uh, it's like as if I broke from my, I broke open from my, uh, uh, the community here. It's, 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 it's lovely to be with your Muslim community, but then we have to get out of that shell and interact with the, with the, with other community of people of other faiths. It's very important for us, for them to understand me and me to understand them. So I found Mom Building Bridges, I think, is, it seems such a, a very simple name, Moms Building Bridges, but you don't know. We're doing amazing things, and you know. <laughs> and um, uh, I am. Uh, I'm glad I'm part of this group, and uh, they. Uh, I'm learning a lot myself, and uh, they are learning about Islam. So many of them didn't know. Uh, one of the one of the women from the Mom Building. So she said, "So what do you think of Sharia?" Uh, we uh, uh, is it is it what Sharia is what they be here in the news? I says no. Uh, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding and misconception. So I I teach um, I share things about Islam uh, where what what you know try to give them in the in the in with the correct information. Whereas when when people hear in the media, there's a lot of mis- misunderstanding and misconceptions. So part of being in the mom building bridges is we do a lot of things. Actually, uh, we did um, we did something called uh, <clears throat> community unity circle of peace with the with the Islamic Center of Naperville last year. Then we did community unity walk, and then we did again this year. So the community youth circle of peace was a wonderful experience. So many neighbors came to this masjid, and we, the whole masjid, we made a circle around the masjid. Uh, we took a rope and we held onto the rope, and it was all around, just like a encircled the masjid. Kathy will be better able to explain. So it was a, it was a wonderful experience, and uh, I'm I'm also very blessed. I've got very wonderful neighbors. Um, uh, people of all faiths and all backgrounds, and uh, um, I invite them over f- for Ramadan um, to come and have uh, to break fast with us, uh, iftar with us. So uh, you know things are uh, things are happening there. So Kathy will share more with you. Well, before before you make that um, contribution, Kathy, we're going to take a short break, Radio Islam family, uh, and we'll pick back up with Kathy. We are talking with some dynamic leaders who are uh, going about the business of making sure that we know one another, uh, that we're not strangers. So if you if you have a comment or question, feel free to give us a call at 312-750-1178. And we'll be back in just a moment. 
In the streets below, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Slime family. We are having a great conversation with, it's, it's so many of them, I've, I've forgotten who's here. Uh, no, but we have uh, Maureen Gaynor-Riley. Uh, we have Mary Harkenrider, and they're both from uh, St. Barnabas Parish in Beverly, uh, the Peace and Justice Committee. We have Aitadel Shalabi and Nara Mantaha from uh, Arab, American, Arab American Family Services. Um, they're trouble. I'm just going to tell you that right now. They're trouble. No, no. Uh, <laughs> they're some of my favorite people. <laughs> and we have on the phone, we have Rafat Wahid and Kathy McBain from Moms Building Bridges. Uh, and when we left off, I believe Kathy was about to give us, uh, share some of her thoughts with us on. Yeah. Yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, absolutely. Um and I'm not sure if you've done something similar down in um, the Beverly area about this, but back in February, um, after uh, some of the attacks against the mosques um, in our area and in Canada, well, in the U.S. and in Canada, um, uh, we decided to do the Circle of Peace around the Islamic Center of Naperville. So we partnered with them, and um, and it was a human chain uh, as Rafa said, we we had a rope that went around the physical structure of the of the masjid, and um, everybody that came and braved the weather that day uh, held on to the rope. And there were um, um, prayers, and uh, we we recited the Charter for Compassion, um, and and then afterwards. Everybody, well, and that was during the Juma prayers on a Friday. Um, so we were, in essence, giving the masjid a hug and letting them uh, make their, you know, profession of faith and prayers um, that are important to them. And um, and then afterwards, we everybody that came was invited into the masjid um, for snacks and conversation, and we had an activity called Pop Your Bubble. Um, we like to have bubbles, like children's bubbles, at a lot of our events because it's always fun for the kids. And then uh, just the symbology of getting out of our bubble to where the magic actually happens once you pop the bubble. So we had um, a game on everybody's program where you know they had to meet somebody wearing a hijab or um, a kuti um, and, uh, and do some different things. Uh, in order to, and you know, had wear their uh, their sticker that was the circle of peace and posted on social media, um, just to get the people involved. And many of uh, many friends that came from the Christian community or the non any other non-Muslim 
community had never stepped foot in the masjid before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so step by step, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, Go right here. So, you know, personally, that um, that I did, and I continuously talk about this, but um, you know, we truly believe that on, from every crisis comes good. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as bad as that crisis is, that there's always been something positive. And I think one of the common grounds that after 9-11 and after the Muslim ban, what really has brought to light is that it has made us stronger as a community. And it has really built a bond amongst all these mm-hmm. different communities coming together and building these relationships. I want to say that, you know, as Muslims, it's a duty. It's part of our Muslim faith to reach out and connect with people and engage and really get to know one another. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times there's this comfort level that ends up hurting us and that all of us end up working silos and teach to our, you know, whether it's a day-to-day, we get, you know, lost in that moment and not connecting with people. But if we look at our, you know, Islamic roots and who we are as a, as a, as a community, it's our duty to connect and engage. And I think this is one of the things that we've always done at Arab American Family Services is really had a positive outlook, whether a crisis or not, is really to extend ourselves and go above and beyond and build these relationships because it has brought nothing but positive, positive, positive mm-hmm. outcomes. Yeah. And, um, and, and we have, you know, those outcomes have impacted our community and vice versa. We've also brought that empowerment piece to other community members. Mm-hmm. And I think what I want to say to people, if you're comfortable, that's mm-hmm. fine. If it's a, cho- a decision that you've made that personally, I, I am happy in my bubble. I'm happy to, uh, you know, work individually. I don't need to connect. But y- if you talk about contribution, this is where you need to extend yourself and really connect and go out there and get to learn about other faiths, about other communities and what people are doing. Because in the end, it, it only helps to, it's, it's only for the betterment of all of us. And... Um, and I think that has been a success of AFS is really we have friends from all different communities, from all faiths. And I think that is the one, I, I would say, this, the, the, really the root of why we are a successful organization is because we've extended ourselves to, uh, to, to everyone. So that's always been my positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this. Can I just, just say, to put into, um, give an example of what Narman's talking about <laughs> is I work on a... Um, an event called the Beacon of Hope for St. Vincent, mm-hmm. um, Marillac St. Vincent Family Services, which is one of the oldest Catholic charitable organizations in Chicago. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. And the luncheon this year, um, I invited my two friends, <laughs> and uh, they came. We had an amazing luncheon, and they were so inspired by the work at St. Vincent's that I get a call three days later <laughs> that you had a donor that donated a ton of meat. Islamic hmm. Seventy-five. Yes. Hundred pounds. I think Nerman thought it was seventy-five pounds. And yeah, it was seventy-five hundred pounds. I'm like, where are we going to put that? Yeah, and it turns out that they went to the Marillac, um, the Marillac food pantry on the west side, and ended up giving them hundreds and hundreds of pounds of meat from their community to the Catholic relief community. And this is this is the kind of connection we're talking about, and that has organically like we said, stemmed from just knowing each other, loving each other, bringing each to each other right. to, to our different things in community. It's, it's, it has made me a richer and more devout Catholic to be exposed to, you know, to other faiths yeah. and to be fighting for them. I want to give a shout-out to Islamic Relief because that's <laughs> yes. where the donation came <laughs> yeah. from, and we thank you mm-hmm. to Islamic Relief, and hopefully we'll get it again next year. Shout-out to Islamic Relief. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that struck me when I saw the work uh, th- that you all are doing, the work th- that's going on in Naperville mm-hmm. um, with uh, Miles uh, Building Bridges, Bridges, the thing that struck me, as, as important is the idea of that there's a difference I think when it's not the, and, and I hope that men are that they are also being inspired uh, within the communities <coughs> that they are part of this work as well but I think it's something to see this type of leadership uh, this type of work come from women because I see it as a representation of and we had a conversation about this earlier Ibrahim and I talked about <laughs> culture Yeah, I think what the, the, the things that women give importance to, that these become the things that our, our children, that they give importance to uh, as well, and that these are the types of, of ways that culture, uh, our, our, our norms begin to change. Uh, do you all see this as a, well, I'm interested to hear, what are your, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, I don't want to. Well, I think culturally, 
regardless of religion, faith, culture, place, I think, um, as one of my sisters, Sheila, has pointed out to me, women are have always been kin keepers, yes. keepers <coughs> of the family, um, whether that manifests itself through food and community, buying all the Christmas presents for your husband's family. I mean, all of these things that somehow keep families together and close. Women have always had the the strong you know work around that and kin keeping and keeping families and communities together and this is a manifestation of that in terms of we know that it is crucial right now to connect our communities and to know our neighbors and we know that this grassroots work will bring along our children and then our husbands and then (coughs) and then men and not to say they can't do the work but this is really something that women excel at we're kin keepers and we're community builders and um, that's that's kind of how I see it. About you guys, I think f- for me, w- women are the backbone of the society. Mm. You know, you educate a man, you educate a man, you educate a woman, you educate a whole village, and we really mm. truly have to nice. believe in that. That you really raise the community, you really raise the family when you educate the woman. And part of it is people think, oh, we, we want to be westernized. And I'm putting my fingers in quotation marks because what is quotes. westernized? There are quotes, <laughs> right? And for me, a woman leadership is knowing something is wrong and there's injustice and there's oppression and there's something that needs to be done in her community and she rallies the troops around getting it done. Without the fanfare, without the hat, you know, I'm, 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 I'm this or I'm that, without the ego, it's just things need to be done. And I think that's what we realized and I think that's what drew us when you were inviting. I mean, it came from the heart. It wasn't that I just want to put this event to put this event. It really came from the heart and, and I remember, like, I need to be there to support her. Right. I need to be there to make sure that hers is a success because she's counting on showing others who may not have believed or who may have hesitancy, will the Muslims come to a church? Will anybody come? And it's, it's that feeling of the same thing that they put trust in saying, you know, Sharon Brannigan is wrong. Regardless if she looks like us, she's wrong because that's not what our faith teaches us. That's not who we are as neighbors. And I, and I think for us, a lot of times, we women are hesitant about our leadership. Right. We don't believe in ourselves because society has been ingrained to tell us, you do the work behind the scene and let someone else take charge. Someone else, and with all due respect to the men, it's the men. <laughs> but we tend to say, no, how are we going to show the next leadership? How are we going to be there? And it, it wasn't intentional. And I think that's what the beauty about this. It was very organic that we saw a need in our community as Nerman said, that we at Arab American Family Services are continuously reaching out and not reaching out just for the heck of reaching out. It was It's really intentional building relationships with people who are on the same mindset, regardless of what community they're working in. Kathy and Rafat, do, yes. do, either one of you want to interject, and then we'll come back to you. Sure. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Kathy. Yeah, well, just, you know, I, I love it that we're we're singing from the same songbook, but, um, um, you know, children learn what, what they're modeled. So children learn what they live. And, um, in like mom's building bridges, uh, we, we've struggled with the name, whether it was going to be moms or just women, um, or people, (laughs) uh, but we did settle on moms and, and, um, uh, even though it's not a requirement to be a mom, um, but, but those of us that do have children that are in the group, we have children of all different ages from, you know, little babies uh, through high school and many uh, adult children. Um, but we know that, uh, well, we're nurturers. We nurture our family, and I guess that's a kin keeper, right? So we nurture our families and our children, and, and we see them and their gifts and that they're all different, and we know that they live they learn what they live and um so for us to model our um our action putting our love in action because faith without action is dead Mm um you know things that you do things that are important to you so if community building is important to you um don't just talk about it you need to get out and do it and I think all of our children, no matter what ages they are, um, yeah, it, it makes impressions on them and impacts on them. And we're really doing it for them uh, since they are the future. So um, 
as for me, um, I, I echo with Kathy everything she has said pretty much uh, in line with I, what I think. And one of the things is um, there are few mothers who come very regularly with their children. And they have these two beautiful, one of, one of the mom has these two beautiful daughters. And um, I see those children when they grow up, when they see me, and then they see me come there with my hijab on, and um, they, uh, they feel very comfortable with me, and they come running to me, and they hug me. So I see when they grow up, inshallah, God willing, they will have, they will never feel uh, strange uh, to be around the Muslim women. So that is a good um, kind of, um, you know, modeling, role modeling, or, uh, you know, and the, and the mother bringing the child, and the mother herself is a very open-minded, and she wants her children to have those experiences. Uh, even moms who have got teenage children as well so uh, we are all kind of and we are very comfortable with each other uh, if it's my time to pray I just excuse myself and go and I pray and so I, it's a very comfortable uh, being around the women uh, with that understanding and tolerance for each other and learning from each other or about each other mm-hmm. so inshallah we'll, we'll, we'll continue this and we would love to work with you women uh, uh, you know you are our neighbor so we can, we can, uh, you know, start from great movement there. You know, absolutely. Uh, the work that you all are, do- are doing is. Uh, it, I, I hope that that there is some type of connection. And as a matter of fact, what I really hope that comes about is that there there may be listeners in other spaces yes. uh, that realize that how simple is it to simply just extend an invitation. Uh, to someone. Uh, Nariman, you were going to make a comment. I actually just wanted to echo Aitadel's words about um, yes. more and more, I, I have to say that in the community, women are owning their own narrative. Mm. And I think that is the change that you're saying, that you're seeing. And I think that no longer are they letting others take their space and place and saying, I will take charge and I will take that leadership place. And I just want to mm-hmm. go back in history and when we talk about the Muslim faith and we talk about Islam, you know, And I want to say this where people understand where I'm coming from. Our prophet could not have done it alone. And I think we forget that the other 50% that he had in his lives were Khadija and Fatma and Aisha. And I think we think that building a community just comes from one role or one gender, you know, or one person. And and the messages that he has left behind were carried by Aisha. Yeah. And, the, and the power and the empowerment that he received to encourage, to continue and mobilize and organize his message came through Khadija. Mm-hmm. So the reality is to think that any one person can do it on their own is not real. And that that woman now, knowing their uh, Islamic rights, knowing their faith, we've had this for years to come. And now that they, they're saying, I will own it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I will say my own narrative. And that's why now we have leaders at the, the forefront who are, Running for office, who are, um, you know, uh, you know, in corporate America, or leading nonprofits, you or educators, um, it, so you name it, we have come to a whole different level of saying, I am a leader, and I will tell my narrative. Absolutely. And I think I'd like to tell anyone listening that um, one of the things that struck me about you are my neighbor is I we had no idea if we were going to have fifty people, seventy five people, oh, yeah. over. Almost 900 people came to our church. We were so incredibly overwhelmed. But you know what? That's no accolades to us. People are starving for connection. People are wanting this thing. When you see all everything is so negative now in the news and with our leadership, and you can get really depressed. But if you think about it, so many people came out that night, came up to Mary and I and our committee after and said, this is the best thing I've been at at our yeah. Catholic church in 20 years, yeah. in 15 years. They were, people are starving for connection. And, you know, if you're, you, if, first of all, we can hopefully have our contact info on your Absolutely. on your website and people Certainly. can contact us to start. But the other thing is look around. There are so many amazing organizations in Chicago doing great work, and you can link up also with them or with mm-hmm. people. Um, give a shout-out to also my sister, Bridget Gaynor, who is a Cook County commissioner, mm-hmm. and so much of my interfaith work has come through her example she's an amazing leader and there's you know people like Bridget and people who are out there are either running for office or or out there and if you don't have you can contact us we can get you started you can look in your own neighborhoods and see you know other other leaders doing similar work there's so many people out there and once you 
hit this interview faith community and connect it is small world i mean we've seen each other twice i got to go to albawadi on these guys i mean it there's nothing so many good things come out of it but that's what i want to say well and just in that in that vein um when we first went and did the uh chain around the mosque and it was before our event we were amazed at how many people we already knew, actually, mm-hmm. through other networking, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was Linda Wygant with Share the Harvest and Grace Seeds Ministry, mm-hmm. who works with Interfaith and, and basically getting food out there from, from people's gardens and churches' gardens and mosques' gardens, mm-hmm. et cetera, the Saints, to Sister um, Sisters mm-hmm. Pat mm-hmm. and Joanne, who have worked amazing. with the immigrant community forever. Um, there are people out there, and you don't even realize the interconnectedness that we all have until you go to an event and say, oh, oh, we're, we're, we're all, you know, we all have our stories, and they all interconnect. Yeah. So um, it's not all moving forward. Part of it is taking a breath and seeing where we are and listening to each other's stories and hearing about what we're all involved in because we're all involved in a lot of the same issues, yes. um, and that's really important to know. Fifty percent of Catholics have not met a Muslim, and fifty percent of Americans have not met a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And what we really need to understand is that, as Maureen said, people are hungry mm-hmm. to meet the other. And I think I, I want to extend and say, if anybody wants us to come out, whether it's at a mosque or at a church, to let us know how it started, what it started, mm-hmm. how easy and simple, and that this is not about converting one or the other. This is about no. really building relationships and respecting people where they're at mm-hmm. and really connecting on the similarities rather than letting the media talk about the differences and owning our narrative, not just as Arab and Muslim women, as mainstream women, but as women in general, but even as communities, owning our narrative and speaking for ourselves rather than allowing others to speak for us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rafa? Oh, was that Kathy? Uh, I, yes, I, yes. Uh, I just quickly want to add that... Right. Um, there's a, a, a beautiful and a wonderful opportunity for all of us women that are in the panel now. And um, there is a event that's going to take place. It's called Day of uh, World Day Peace, mm-hmm. or the Day of World Peace, I think, Okay. Uh, at Wentz Hall in Naperville on the 7th of January. It, uh, we had it last year, too, at 2, uh, at 2 p.m. Okay. It's a, it's a World Day... Uh, a day, a day of world peace, uh, peace day, or something like that. Um, if you share, if you share the link, if you send it to me, I'll, I'll make sure that we share I, it on our Facebook. Yeah, page. I will. I will send you. I will send you. And uh, there are another group. I'm part of another group. I'm, I'm part of um, uh, at least 15 from ACLU and uh, Nyla. And so I'm part of another group. That even uh, so is Cathy. Uh, uh, this group is here in Lyle. And we meet in their church, uh, Saint um, what's the name of the church? Um, their Sacred Heart Church, Sacred Heart. And uh, the, the t- these two ladies started it. Uh, her name is Joyce Rohak and Mitzi. And the name of the group is called uh, Women of Faith and Justice. It's a wonderful group. So we meet once a month. Mm-hmm. So you will also get to meet them as well when you come to Naperville on 7th of January at Wentz Hall, and I will send you all the information, Imam Tariq. Okay. I appreciate that so much. Um, let's see. Well, we've got four, well, we're going to say three minutes. <laughs> so it's a uh, rapid fire at this point. What I'm going to do, I just want to let the Radio Salaam family know that I will uh, we'll share everybody's information yes. on our Facebook page, uh, and that way folks can stay up to date. What I really hope is that I can get you all back uh, again, <laughs> like we need, we really needed like two hours, right? <laughs> Come to one uh, of our dinners. Yes. <laughs> I'm there. I'm, I'm, just, just send me the invite. If you bring Aisha. <laughs> uh, well, this is the rule in our house. I don't know. <laughs> this is the if rule. If you bring Aisha. Aisha, are you listening? This, the, the rule, the rule is, it goes back to narrative, right? <laughs> we, do, we, do not, we do not make, uh, we don't fill out each other's calendar. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> no, but yeah, we, we definitely would love to. Um, it has been a pleasure having you all here. Uh, and I really do hope that those who are listening, uh, and this, this episode will be up tomorrow. I'll make sure everybody has the link. It'll Absolutely. be on SoundCloud and Google Play and all those places you get your podcast, uh, is that people realize that this is this is achievable. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it goes even 
it goes even past uh, the idea of gender or race or religion. To me, this is about the connection as human yes. beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and for you all to take that on, um, you know, I, I applaud that, that leadership and, and, I, and I hope that it's replicated. And I want to see, I want to see some, some men supporting this type of leadership, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, because I'm a part of some of those different types right. of initiatives, but um, this, is, this is, is much needed, much appreciated. So on behalf of everybody, thank you all. Uh, keep doing the great work that you all are doing. Thank you, yeah. okay. thank you very much. And assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Oh, uh, uh, Rafat was giving right the salams if you didn't hear. The, the, yeah, they, they gave it right back to you. Mm-hmm. All right, Radio Islam family, uh, as always, uh, 60 Minutes goes by way too quickly. Uh, but we're going to have to get ready to say uh, uh, goodbye to you. But before we do, we want to thank our engineer over at WCEV, Leonard, uh, for doing a great job make sure we come through loud and clear there. Our producer, uh, who's the producer? I guess I, I'm the producer. I'm your host, Tariq el It's me. Uh, our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. Uh, we will be with you tomorrow evening, inshallah, with God's permission. Uh, unless, oh, our executive producer, we can't forget about him. Abdul Malik Mujahid. Yes, he, he'd, he'd want to talk to me if we didn't make sure we... Uh, <laughs> you got to get that executive producer. Um, what's the last thing I want to tell you all? Um, oh, just remember, anything that you have heard, uh, the, the, the uh, opinions of the guests and our hosts are theirs and not to be uh, taken as the opinions or position of Sound Vision. And we're going to leave it right there. So we're looking forward to seeing everybody tomorrow. Everybody stay healthy. It is that time of year. Stay healthy. We want everybody listening, and I'm going to leave you all as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.